Chapter forty four of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, BC. April's Lady by Margaret Wolfe Hungerford. Chapter forty four. Love took up the harp of life and smote on all the chords with might smoked the chord of self that trembling passed in music out of sight lady swansdown is startled into a remembrance of the present by the entrance of somebody after all dicky the troublesome was right this is no spot in which to sleep or dream turning her head with an indolent impatience to see who has come to disturb her she meets lady baltimore's clear eyes some sharp pang of remorse of fear perhaps compels her to spring to her feet and gaze at her hostess with an expression that is almost defiant dicky's words had so far taken effect that she now dreads and hates to meet the woman who once had been her staunch friend lady baltimore unable to ignore the look in her rival's eyes still advances toward her with unfaltering step perhaps a touch of disdain of contempt is perceptible in her own gaze because lady swansdown paling moves toward her she seems to have lost all self-control she is trembling violently it is a crisis what is it says lady swansdown harshly why do you look at me like that has it come to a close between us isabel oh if so vehemently it is better so i don't think i understand you says lady baltimore who has grown very white her tone is haughty she has drawn back a little as if to escape from contact with the other ah that is so like you says lady swansdown with a rather fierce little laugh you pretend 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 from morning till night you entrench yourself behind your pride and you know what you are doing beatrice says lady baltimore ignoring this outburst completely and speaking in a calm level tone yet with a face like marble yes and you know too says lady swansdown then with an overwhelming vehemence why don't you do something why don't you assert yourself i shall never assert myself says lady baltimore slowly you mean that whatever comes you will not interfere that exactly turning her eyes full on to the other's face with terrible disdain I shall never interfere in this or any other of his flirtations. It is a sharp stab, Lady Swanston winces visibly. What a woman you are, cries she. Have you ever thought of it, Isabel? You are unjust to him, unfair. You, passionately, treat him as though he were the dust beneath your feet and yet you expect him to remain immaculate for your sake pure as any acolyte 
a thing of ice no coldly you mistake me i know too much of him to expect perfection nay common decency from him but you it was you whom i hoped to find immaculate you expected too much then one iceberg in your midst is enough and that you have kindly suggested in your own person put me out of the discussion altogether ah i you have made that impossible i cannot do that i have known you too long i have liked you too well i have with a swift but terrible glance at her loved you isabel no no not a word it is too late now true says lady swansdown bringing back the arms she had extended and letting them fall into a sudden dull vehemence to her sides her agitation is uncontrolled that was so long ago that no doubt you have forgotten all about it you bitterly have forgotten a good deal and you says lady baltimore very calmly what have you not forgotten your self-respect deliberately among other things take care take care says lady swanston in a low tone she has turned furiously upon her why should i take care she throws up her small bead scornfully have i said one word too much too much indeed says lady swanston distinctively but faintly she turns her head but not her eyes in isabel's direction i am afraid you will have to endure for one day longer she says in a low voice after that you shall bid me a farewell that shall last for ever you have come to a wise decision says lady baltimore immovably there is something so contemptuous in her whole bearing that it maddens the other how dare you speak to me like that cries she with sudden violence not to be repressed you of all others do you think you are not in fault at all that you stand blameless before the world the blood has flamed into her pale cheeks her eyes are on fire she advances towards lady baltimore with such a passion of angry despair in look and tone that involuntarily the latter retreats before her who shall blame me demands lady baltimore hotly i i for one icicle that you are how can you know what love means you have no heart to feel no longing to forgive and what has he done to you nothing nothing that any other woman would not gladly condone you are a partisan says lady baltimore coldly you would plead his cause and to me you are violent but that does not put you in the right what do you know of baltimore that i do not know by what right do you defend him there is such a thing as friendship is there says the other with deep meaning is there beatrice oh think think a little bitter smile curls the corners of her lips that you should advocate the cause of friendship to me says she her words falling with cruel scorn one by one slowly from her lips 
you think me false says lady swanston she is terribly agitated there was an old friendship between us i know that i feel it you think me altogether false to it i think of you as little as i can help says isabel contemptuously why should i waste a thought on you true indeed one so capable of controlling her emotions as you are need never give way to superfluous or useless thoughts still give one to baltimore it is our last conversation together therefore bear with me hear me all his sins lie in the past he you must be mad to talk to me like this interrupts isabel flushing crimson has he asked you to intercede for him could even he go so far as that is it a last insult what are you to him that you thus adopt his cause answer me cries she imperiously all her coldness her stern determination to suppress herself seems broken up nothing returns lady swanston becoming calmer as she notes the other's growing vehemence. i never shall be anything i have but one excuse for my interference she pauses and that i love him steadily but faintly her eyes have sought the ground ah says lady baltimore it is true slowly it is equally true that he does not love me let me then speak all his sins believe me lie behind him that woman that friend of yours who told you of his renewed acquaintance with madame istre lied to you there was no truth in what she said i can quite understand your not wishing to believe in that story says lady baltimore with an undisguised sneer like all good women you can take pleasure in inflicting a wound says lady swansdon controlling herself admirably but do not let your detestation of me blind you to the fact that my words contain truth if you will listen i can not a word says lady baltimore making a movement with her hands as if to efface the other i will have none of your confidences it seems to me quickly you are determined not to believe you are at liberty to think as you will the time may come says lady swanston when you will regret you did not listen to me to-day is that a threat no but i am going there will be no further opportunity for you to hear me you must pardon me if i say that i am glad of that says lady baltimore her lips very white i could have borne little more do what you will go where you will with whom you will with deliberate insult but at least spare me a repetition of such a scene as this she turns and with indescribably haughty gesture leaves the room end of chapter forty four recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c